listening to the Ice Prep Podcast. Here's your hosts, Brian and Pat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ice Prep Podcast. We're officially in the conference finals in the NHL. And unfortunately, that like there's some great teams left. Mm-hmm. But there's not like oh my god, I have to watch teams left, unfortunately. It, for us. For us, yes. Let's Yes, from from our perspective, there's we we both have agreed that there's not really a team that we're super duper jazzed to stay up and watch because we're old people and we have to stay up. Yeah, it's, that's it's a chore. <laughs> the one thing I do like and I was talking to a colleague at work today about this is that whoever wins the cup at minimum it's been almost 20 years since their last cup win and I I got real tired of like over 10 years we had what four different cup winners that was it like dynasties are great but mm-hmm. I like seeing somebody new get the chance to go up there and I mean there's a world where the cup final is two teams who have never won it yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Or um, uh, there's also a world where everybody in Buffalo is cheering against uh, the West Coast and would be praying that a goaltender interference call happens against Dallas and they don't win the Stanley Cup. His foot was in the crease, Pat. His foot was in the crease. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if Dallas no, makes it to the finals, we are going to see... Every Buffalo Sabres fan who has been quiet be the, like, most vocal group of cheering for the Eastern Conference team. I think that'll be hilarious. I mean, yeah, no, it's going to be, regardless, it's going to be interesting. Um, It's interesting hearing who people are cheering for now. Um, For those that are continuing to be like, well, I got to choose a team. I got to go with someone. Um, It's, it's. It's interesting to to hear their rationale. Like uh, my my buddy at work, uh, he is very much just cheering against anybody that's playing against Vegas. Uh, <laughs> he is an Edmonton Oilers fan, and he sincerely believes that they were robbed. Uh, and then I point out facts, and he's just like, "Oh, shh, <laughs> we were robbed." So, um, no, it's. It's interesting. It, it it is an interesting series. It's uh, I I don't care about any of the teams in the East. To be completely honest with you, like Carolina, it'd be nice to see them finally get over the hump and win it. Um, I know obviously they've won in the past, but like they've been so close and teetering on favorite for season after season after season after season. Well, Carolina's the like far and away favorite. Um... Let me adjust this so you can see it a little bit better. To not only make the finals, but to win the whole thing of the teams that are left. Like, it's by a wide margin, they are the favorites. And that's really not surprising. Um, Especially, like, as we stand right now, Game 1 is underway between um, Florida and Carolina. And Florida just took the lead in that game. Mm. Um, Two quick goals there. But I said this at work uh i'll say it here even though carolina is down in the game right now i don't see florida making it past five games 
I think Carolina just absolutely dominates them. I think I think it's going to be a close race. I think it's going to be at least six games. Um, and I think Florida is going to have a rude awakening when, I mean, they've already had it. They had a five-on-three against um, because, oh, wait a minute. They, they actually do take penalties because they do things that are infractions. Um, yeah, you're past the. It's it's in the first two or three games where they'll actually call everything, and then all of a sudden they're like, a whistle. What does that word mean? And then the refs just forget how to referee. Um, well, especially if Wes McCauley's on the ice. <laughs> oh but my god! The looking at this, it is interesting that the East is still more favored to win the cup over the West. Um, that to me is kind of surprising that Dallas isn't being given the second best odds like even the odds um money puck which is where this is from it's mm-hmm. a point four differential to separate on their model on who they think makes the finals out of the west well so it's in it doesn't shock me though because the way i look at it is if florida does get through carolina who is the favorite suddenly they become the favorite because they've beaten the favorite. Well, like that's kind of the it's I mean that's not the scientific way to do it, but like even still if they're able to edge out Carolina who is the far and away favorite to win it. Well, then... do, you want, do you want to know something interesting along that line? Round 1, Boston was the odds on favorite to win the cup. Florida knocks them out. Round 2, Leafs were the odds on favorite to win the cup. Florida knocks them out. Carolina, the odds-on favorite. So literally, they have gone into every series as the ultimate underdog. They are following the path of the LA Kings in, what was that one, 2012, I think? Where they came in as eight, and that, like, if somehow Florida manages to win the Cup this year, they Mm. will easily be able to say, we had the toughest route to the Stanley Cup in history. Oh, absolutely. And I just, I really also just want to say, like, I have been hearing nothing but, like, on all the friggin' talk radio, all I have been hearing is, oh, are the Florida Panthers the next, are they the 2012 Kings? I shut up. No, they're not. <laughs> they're a completely different team. They were the President's Cup winning team last season. They did, they, they upgraded from that. And just unfortunately took a long time to find their groove. But they still got in. They found a way in. And guess what? They're still equally just as good. They aren't the 2012 Kings because that was a holy crap where did these guys come from. Yeah. That would have been if New Jersey, for instance, snuck in at 16 and then made it all the way to the end and won the cup. That would be a parallel. This is not a parallel. This is a completely different situation. They were favorited last year. So they were still in the running in some capacity. Yes, a lot of people counted them out because they didn't know what the trades were going to look like. But at the end of the day, they aren't the same makeup. It's a completely different situation. And that that comparison has to stop. It's it's uh, it's so frustrating. They're a lot closer to the Tampa team that won in the bubble. Um, President's. Yeah, President's trophy gets swept in the first round. They kind of run it back. They did very little changes. Mind you, Florida did some big changes, and Tampa kind of looked a little rough 
going throughout the season, but once they got going, it was like, okay, look out, they're they're going. And that's probably the better comparable. I get why people say the Kings, because, yeah, they came in as the eighth seed. They, what, was it game 80 or 81 or something like that that they qualified? It was, yeah. the whole thing with Florida was, they were like, who's our goalie? And then Alex Lyon shows up and gets them in. Like, there was a very good chance that it was going to be Pittsburgh instead of Florida, but Florida yep. found their groove. And no. It's because Pittsburgh decided to well, lose that too. games that should have been gimmies. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that was a very, very big part of it as well. Uh, you're and not wrong there. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh then, because of Pittsburgh losing, because of them losing to the Chicago Blackhawks, that solidified the Blackhawks in third last, which gave them bedard yep so way to everyone, go crosby you can yep crosby once again the world's worst hockey player <laughs> which is funny because did you hear the story of him uh on vacation just being the nicest dude in the world yeah everything i have heard about <laughs> like i have i've probably heard honestly three or four stories from different people about meeting him in the off season, and he always comes across as like the nicest person you could ever meet yeah no and look it it's coming from a personal bias of many years ago and everything like that but i'm not going to get any sort of resolution for that because i don't know the guy and i'm never going to meet the guy and i'm never going to be like you owe me an apology because of something that you said on tv that rubbed me the wrong way <laughs> once that's it's petty when it's you were stupid. a 17 year old yeah like i'm an idiot i'm aware i'm an idiot for holding this grudge and you can call me that all you want i'm fully aware of it but i'm gonna hold on to that grudge one that of these my grudge one I of these days <laughs> i'm going to find that clip to play it just to see what it does to pat no that'd be like showing jennifer garner do you know about that no save that story okay. for another time no just, okay you know what i can't just say that's like showing jennifer garner and then go like off away from that it's it's a quick story. For some reason, her face makes my blood boil, and I can't even tell you why. There's nothing wrong. I, Any movie or TV show or whatever she's been in, nothing offensive or anything to me, just for some reason. Why? Why are you doing that? That's just mean. Don't put her picture on the screen. I'm hanging up. I'm not going to be in a bad mood. She just makes me mad. You can't... You can't say something cold. like that and expect me, the one who has control over what's on screen, to not bring something like that up. Yeah, and like, you've known me for long really, enough. I know, and she's probably a really lovely person, and like probably does a lot of great things. Good for her. For some reason, it just makes me angry. <laughs> I've always had this. I, I remember it happened once, and I was just like, "Why am I so mad? What's going on?" <laughs> It was so weird, and to this day, I still don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. It's just a chemical reaction in my brain of anger. That is incredibly weird and out of right? nowhere, and I'm going to switch from that to this. It's not Jennifer Garner, I promise. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> though that would have been really funny to do. Um, so this is kind of but not surprising. Um, so for those who can't see it, um, for forwards in the second round, this is East and West, Alexander Barkov, and obviously 
Um, everything is supposed to go through the captain of your team. He's captain of the Panthers. Total block passes first. D-zone block passes first. D-zone loose puck recoveries first. D-zone puck battle wins first. Stick checks first. Like, no wonder... I'm, I'm sure part of that is because Toronto just played awful. But if one of their best players is doing things like this, it and thinking back to that series, they couldn't get anything going. And whenever Barkov was on the ice, it was like, good luck. And this is this shows it. Well, and the funny thing is, is Barkov is normally a person that they you assume is going to go out there and put points up. Like, that's what his contract is for. That's why he earned his spot on that team, is the numbers that he puts up points-wise. But you look at, he had three points, three points in total against the Leafs across five games and of those three points one was a goal and uh two were assists and that was only two games so he played three games with no points whatsoever on the board but But if if he's completely shutting down the other team you don't care you got the wins from it he's officially at 11 points now because he has two points in the game tonight against carolina but Mm -hmm. like that is lead by example and then obviously the people behind him just running and checking and slashing and hitting everything but like he he was a big question mark for a lot of people because he's had some bad playoff years the same with Aaron Eckblad he Mm. like he got in he was he was rough at the start and it seems like every year it's like well he got injured they're out of it but this year they're getting past that little hump well so Montour as well has decided that he remembered how to play hockey um not remembered how to play hockey um dominate yeah like he didn't score to the same way that he did um against boston but you could tell whenever he was on the ice in the series against the leafs and different yeah Yeah. he's playing a completely different brand of hockey than what he was playing previously and like good for him it's it's rare to see this like resurgence um i don't even know how old he is and one of my favorite drinking games is putting up a picture of a random hockey <laughs> player and trying to guess his age it's unbelievable um well, he's not that old he's only 29 Good hey, for him. 29 um seems like he's been in the league forever but that's just me um but no he's he's really shown that he is uh, still clicking he makes 832,000 talk about a steal of a contract right now yeah that's stupid that's Uh, dumb like when he that yeah going from buffalo to florida uh i want to look up his cap friendly quick because whenever his next contract is he is uh he's gonna get get a bit of a boost wait that's his his current his salary okay he's three and a half or 3.5 million av right now that must have been looking at what he makes in the playoffs or something. I don't know. He still has one more here at that. And then he's a UFA. So he's going to get himself a nice uh, jump for sure. I have a feeling they're going to be like, let's see if that was a fluke. Um, and they're going to take a look at how his season starts next season. And if it continues, like, say, by December, if he's still producing, um, I have a feeling he'll get quite the payday. Well, if they manage to win the cup, doesn't matter. He'll still make at least five million, no matter where he goes. True. So, yeah. um, um, I do want to quickly jump though, because yeah. 
we're, we're talking about who's in there right now. And we've got the four teams of Dallas versus Vegas and Carolina versus Florida. Um, but there was also four teams that were removed from this. We That's already, true. uh, uh, we didn't talk about any of them, did we? We kind of talked about the Leafs. I, I feel like the story with the Leafs, yeah, they're out, blah, blah, blah. The Leafs are going to be more interesting to talk about in two, three weeks from now for the remainder yeah. of the summer than anything else. Um, because there's going to be changes. There has to be changes. So that's that's probably one to save for another day, honestly, because when that first bit of news drops, it's going to be fun to talk about. I will say, and you know this because I messaged it to you, I am more on board with your stupid idea now more than ever of Matthews for the first overall pick. And I've mentioned that to a few Leaf fans, and a lot of them have said, I don't think that Matthews alone is enough. No, um, absolutely not. If and, anything, it would have to be Matthews. I. What did I say to you when I said what would the trade be? You Matthews, said Matthews Hall, Hall in a second or a third. Yeah, and... One of the reasons why, yeah, I, I was like, we'll move on this. We'll do this and then jump off, um, is if they were to do something like that, what's the one thing the Leafs do not have that they are in desperate need of? I swear to God, if you say a defenseman, I'm going to drive to your house and punch you in the head. Cap space. Oh, okay, good. What does <laughs> what does getting a player that makes $925,000 for three years uh, do compared to a player that currently makes, what, 12 point something, and his contract is only going to go up? Uh, so your crazy idea is not so crazy, and it was funny because you even messaged me when you said you heard it being talked about on Sirius NHL, and you were like, hey, I had that first. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying this for a year and a half. You I honestly have. I have been saying that it is a logical move. As much as Matthews is a is a great hockey player, he clearly cannot keep up. And I mean, you look at Edmonton and McDavid. You know, he got shut down, and it's they they hard focused him shut down. He's he's averaging like two points a game, but <laughs> <laughs> but even still, you could tell that they were focusing him and they were trying to shut him down. The only issue is. You have Dreisaitl, who just decided that, yeah, I'm going to take full advantage of everything that's been given to me. So they the problem with the Leafs situation was that Matthews was always paired with the other big moneymaker. We could, I mean, JT is obvious. John Tavares, he, he makes a lot of money. But Marner, they should have been separated. It should have been Matthews and some kind of weird mess of a line then spread it over three put three players whoever can shut down the best which generally tends to be Nylander he was the best back checker out of all of them the amount of back checking that he did was fantastic which is funny because he always he has his lackadaisical shifts but he was the best forward for the Leafs almost night in night out his contract is the easiest one for them to move and it's expiring this year it's so there's one more or I think is there one more year left on it? I can't remember. But it was expiring this year. Either like he makes next to nothing for a player of his skill. He is underpaid mm-hmm. by two or three million dollars. Yep. And if you're a team that has a coach that does very well at getting players to go from more of a one hundred foot game to a two hundred foot game, you're looking at him going, That's our superstar. So I am really excited to see William Nylander 
in a Colorado Avalanche jersey. Yeah, I remember you saying that one. Um, okay, don't want to spend too long. I'm just looking at how long we've been going here. We do want to do a little bit of a shorter episode. You did mention Edmonton. They are another team that is gone. Um, they're going to be interesting in the offseason because they've got some uh, pay raises they have to do, some players they have to get rid of, and uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to try and do whatever they can to keep Matias at home. Yeah, but, like, they're in the exact same freaking situation as Toronto. I'm sorry. Like, I know we weren't supposed to be staying on Toronto, but it, it's a parallel. Yep, it's an they absolute are. parallel. The only difference is that they've made it to the second round a few times. But, like, last year, they went to the third round and got swept, embarrassingly swept. Um, like, I'm sorry, to get swept in the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference Finals, That's that sucks for any team on the other side of it. But that's embarrassing. So they didn't do anything. So they were in the exact same situation that the Leafs are in this year. They're again in the same situation that the Leafs are in this year, except for they had one extra win than the Leafs. That's the only difference. So like they were the favorites. Leafs were the favorites. They they have this forward group and a way overpaid defenseman. It's the exact same situation. <laughs> they had a goaltender that they brought in because they're like he's gonna be our guy, and then sure enough, the kid comes. The in young and kid. <laughs> it's the exact same situation. It's, it's my argument from last year of the New York Rangers and the Edmonton Oilers. The Rangers are the same boat as well, except they lost in the first round. Yeah, there's yeah. there's so much that has to be fixed there, and they have to go. They have to spend everything, trade every possible asset for this coming year because that's their last year with Dreisaitl because they're not going to be able to afford him. And McDavid's no. got one more year after that. Yeah, and their GM flat out said, mm. this is it. Yep. This I, like I have unfinished business. I have to go for it. So I'm actually more interested to see what Edmonton's going to do over what Toronto's going to do because Edmonton has to hail Mary. Toronto can continue to just, you know, putter along because they have no urgency. They're going to keep Dubas, and they're probably going to keep Keith because he's best friends with Dubas. If they keep Keith, I have the feeling we're going to see a lot of Leaf fans not be fans for the year unless no. they can bandwagon later on. Um, so let me think of the other teams we have here. Seattle. So Seattle. Oh, what a the Cinderella story comes to an end. They – what did we say when we started this podcast? That was year one um, for Seattle. And we looked at their team. We looked at their roster. The second the trade deadline hit, we both went, this team in two or three years is going to be one of the scariest teams. Yep. We weren't expecting the offseason moves that they did in the summer. And I think if they had the chance to go up against either Edmonton or Vegas in round two, they would be in the conference final right now. Yeah, they would have completely outskilled them. Um, for a team that has no players over, like they're the highest paid players, five point five million. Um, they they really showed that depth kills. Um, and I was listening to, uh, like I've said many times, uh, the NHL radio network because I'm an old person that listens to radio on my way to work. Um, but I was listening to that and they were they had on one of the broadcasters from Seattle and he was saying that Grubauer had been playing kind of hurt. <laughs> Grubauer had been playing kind of hurt. So 
Uh, and that was like throughout the season and last year he was battling through injuries. And because of that, that's why he looked so terrible. So for him to come back and to bounce back and to look as good as he has been, you know, it's good. It's, it's a good thing to see. Uh, he was always really good with, uh, Colorado. And I mean, it just shows that you need to have like proper defensive players in front of you. And I mean, they figured it out. They they figured out how to defense. They figured out how to two-way. And they really made it a huge challenge for Dallas. So good on them. Uh I don't I didn't have I don't think anybody had them putting up that much of a fight against Dallas. Uh everybody had that Dallas winning it out right away. There were like no chance against Ottinger. And yeah. they made Ottinger look human. And he has yeah. not looked human ever in his well, two playoff series before that, because in round one, yeah, he had a little bit of a stumble, but it was still like, uh-oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, obviously, the last team being the Devils, they weren't swept. That was the only thing I came on here and said that. It was like, I just don't want to be swept. I said the same thing in round one. Obviously, they ended up moving on in that one, but mm -hmm. that was very good for a very young team to go through. Yep. Um, there's... Yeah, it, it sucks that there was only one close game and that was the final one. It would have been nice to have a closer series in general, but um, it, I mean, they, I'm, they I'm happy with it. They went team. so much further than I expected. So, mm -hmm. No, and like the, the coming seasons, they're really going to... You're, you're going to see them get better and better, which is scary. Like, this is them hitting, like, starting to hit their stride. And they're going to hit their stride in like a year or two. That's wild. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, it's when uh, yeah. Jack Hughes was originally signed to that eight-year deal. Everybody was like, "Who are you sure you want to do that?" And he's going to be worth twelve million bucks. Oh, he, he's years. already he's already worth more than that. He had ninety-nine points this year. He holds yeah. the Devils' record now. Um, like literally one off from being the first one hundred Devils point player ever. So that's dumb. And it's, I think what five, four or five years with this core left. So, and that's obviously now we've got three years of Luke Hughes on an ELC. We've got, uh, Simone Nemec who may or may not make the roster. That's already been talked about. He's playing over in the worlds right now. So devils are kind of set up good for the future. So, well, and, it, and, and they the got a taste, is, they got a taste, they got a taste and they have players that, were in there that maybe they don't come back, but you can use them as pieces to get something else. So like they showed their skill level in the playoffs. They showed what, you know, tangibles and intangibles they can bring to the team during the playoffs. So now you have these trade assets as well as like young assets, like to just develop. So like they're in such a good spot and it's hilarious because you, you compare the Rangers to the Devils and both of them went through a rebuild, except for the Devils did it right. And it's clear that they did. Well, the Devils kind of had a few fumbles in there and got lucky with some first overall picks. But yeah. Um, I well, mean, I mean, first overall picks doesn't don't guarantee top players. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to rag on Lafreniere, but like his situation, unfortunately, just didn't pan out. He was given a rough go being on the Rangers because he just wouldn't get the minutes plain and simple. Yep. But it being first overall does not guarantee the top player. 
We're second overall. Yeah. So couldn't buy field. Tim Stutzla, number three, and he's clearly the better player of the top three yep. currently. Yeah, so it's that's I'm excited to see where the devils go because yeah, this is a, just a taste for them. And it's it couldn't have happened at a better time because Pittsburgh's on the down, Washington's on the down. We don't know what New York is going to be because they kind of threw away their future at a few older players and now they're going to have to bank on that kid line growing up and being a top line instead of their if third line. If they can afford them. Yeah, that's also another thing. So, yeah, cuz they've got a lot of expiring contracts this offseason and a few of them are It's going to be a, pieces. It's going to be a very interesting offseason. Uh yeah. it's because this year it's the caps, be trade heavy. yeah, the cap's not supposed to go up that much. The year after the cap is apparently supposed to jump, so there's going to like we might see a ridiculous amount of movement because there's going to be teams that are going to look at middling, bought mm-hmm. nine players and go. I wonder what they would be like if they were given a chance, because everybody Vegas they were like, oh, it's a fluke. Seattle, it's happened again. Like there, mm-hmm. there are teams that have players on their third and fourth line that, given the opportunity, could be first liners. Look at Cali Arncook. He earned himself a spot from the fourth line on the Leafs to being like the best forward on the first line for a good chunk of that first round. He was so good. So like, he just did. He honestly, he reminded me so much of Lekkonen last season, or yeah, like in the playoffs last season. He just the the little things the grinding out the plays the never giving up on the puck it just god that's a good player yeah. i wish that every team needs a player like that and they've got him for one more year i believe so that's that's good for them so it the teams that are gone two of them have very very interesting off seasons ahead of them the other two being seattle and new jersey this is just like okay We've had our taste. Now let's really go for it. Both well, teams are so one, young and ready to go. And one last thing on Seattle that just continues to blow my mind. This draft coming up, they have their first three seconds, their third two fourths. <laughs> um, yeah, wait, hold up. Math. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five. You're going to run out of fingers, Pat? Eight, nine, ten. They have 11 picks. (laughs) They have 11 picks. Wow. Oh. Well, what's going to be interesting is that I I can't remember. It's either five or six million. They have no players that make over that amount. I think it might be six. Um, It's uh, their highest paid player is Jordan Everly at 5.5. Yeah. Um, Vince Dunn will likely be their highest paid player next year. And when Matty Berniers gets his contract, it'll probably be up. But I'm just wondering if they can get that culture there of being like, if we can keep you guys under seven, just watch what we can do. Yeah, That's what Tampa had for a long time. Look at what uh, Hedman and Stamkos and Cooch and Vasilevsky. It wasn't until the Sergachev contract that they jumped up above because it was like nobody's making more than the captain. Yeah. So I do also we're going to do a tiny little segue over to Arizona just to <laughs> talk about that. But 
the segue begins with me just quickly looking at cat friendly to see what picks they have um oh my god brian yes brian from 20 23 24 and 25 so the next three drafts coming up in rounds one two and three they have 22 picks yep 22 and then there's still four five six and seven which they still have picks there too holy crap that's insane well that's the thing is if they're even if they're even still the arizona coyotes by the time that they're able to do those picks um the owner has come out and said if you didn't hear um the city of Tempe said no to the $2 billion um, arena thingy, whatever you want to call it. So the owner of the uh, Coyotes came out and said, we're going to play in Mullet again next year. But the second that that was announced, if you look at basically every hockey pundit that exists, uh, they're saying one of three things. Houston, Kansas City, or Salt Lake City. That is where this team will end up. And no. if if I had to put money on it, uh, we will see a second team in Texas before 2026 at this rate. No, I full stop disagree. I believe that Gary Bettman is so stubborn that he doesn't want to look like he's failed. Um, and he will fight tooth and nail to figure this out. Whether it's a another extra year while they you know the graphic that you have up there with Scottsdale Arizona leading the charge of where should the coyotes well, build here's their new how home sad from this the is. official twitter <laughs> yeah like this is how sad this is this is from the official twitter account like they're out there reaching for likes being like love me somebody love me like it's so bad it's so like gary has been on this fight for 20 years and he has lost it almost every year at mm-hmm. some point like I'm Until I'm wondering he is no if this the commissioner. Yeah. No. But I mean, he might be forced into it because the owner of the Coyotes might be like they said no to this. I've got real estate in Houston. I'm like they're going to run out of people that are going to want to keep this team afloat. Like the the I NHL pays a lot of money every year for the Arizona Coyotes to exist. Yeah, but at the same time, like I also I point this at the owner like this is his own fault because ages ago when they said hey let's move to Tempe let's figure this out let's let's build this new uh, entertainment district that looked incredible and it was actually going to be very beneficial for the residents of Tempe they re- it really truly was when you look at what they were going to be doing they were going to be turning a dump and not just a regular dump but a dump that also had like toxic toxic waste in it they were going to fully clean that up and then put this entire entertainment district over top of it with hotels and apartments and all these things and they were going to turn it into a destination they were going to make a lot of money off of it and he was going to foot nearly all of it he was going to foot i think it was something like 1.92 billion and it was going to cost the city of tempe 200 million do you know what this reminds me of that back do you know what this reminds me of uh think back nope think think back um when the john labatt center in our home london was originally announced 
the pushback from our city was no this is stupid it is dumb and now i bring that up because they're looking at it going when we originally had the chance to make this the size of an nhl venue which they said no to that's what they need now because they can't get certain things to come in because the venue can't support it so it's well they're and there was so many people and there's so many people in this city that were like no we have to keep it as those old heritage buildings that have no use or value uh it took what almost 15 years for an abandoned building that was being held up by giant metal rods to be allowed to be torn down because it was given a heritage marker yeah the the heritage people in this city are they hold i I get i get some of it but if it's literally just there to exist because it's old that's dumb yes i'm sorry like i don't i mean i'm also not like an overtly sentimental person so i don't give a crap about an old building that's like literally dangerous to humans maybe we should tear that down i don't care what happened in it um (laughs) But, like, the problem that with this entire Arizona thing was he, the owner didn't want to invest any money into spreading the positives, putting out a marketing campaign to be like, hey, guys, this is going to be amazing. You're going to make so much money off of this, and I'm going to foot most of it. Mm -hmm. Instead, he did a bootstrap campaign, which was pretty much hoping word of mouth would carry it, and then all of the people all of the old people in that literally look like prospectors um in tempe arizona got their money together pooled it together and did a two million dollar campaign to oppose this arena and surprise surprise who won the people with the money (laughs) that invested it into it yeah the owner of the coyotes basically had the coyotes players going out door to door that was about it or putting psas up on twitter it was not a good look. It is so bad. It is so dumb. And yeah, we'll it's we'll leave so it at coyotes. It, that's so true. And the one thing I didn't realize is I think why the fight is still on to keep it there. Around um Phoenix is one of the biggest metropolises in the United States. So that's why they're so desperate to keep hockey there. And I get it, but like You've got other markets that are ready now that have fans. Like, everybody's like, Kansas City's too small to have a hockey team. A, they've had one in the past, so there's history. B, that city adores their football team, loves their baseball team. They would immediately be all in on a hockey team. So we'll see what happens there. It's, yeah, I I honestly don't think we will see Arizona be in Arizona for too much longer. I also have the feeling that after the Ottawa sale goes through, which apparently we should know who the buyer is sooner than later, I I would garner a bet by 2030, so we're in 2023 right now, there's at least four new NHL teams. Yeah, if the price tag is over a billion dollars, Gary is just going to be salivating at that, so... And what is what has the last two expansion teams shown? There's more than enough talent to make it work. So well, and not to mention those two expansion teams. First of all, are printing money because 
uh, Seattle now is a destination to go to to go and watch a game. Yep. And Vegas is literally one of the best experiences I've ever had at any type of hockey game that I've ever seen. It was surreal how good it was. Like my wife and I talk about it at least twice a week. <laughs> and she usually brings it up like <laughs> she doesn't even follow hockey but she's like remember that game and there was this every time i drink a beer there was a guy that for some reason he was like six foot nine and very very large man just a mammoth of a human and he just was beer like this loud <laughs> barking beer and zoe screamed in his face because it scared the crap out of her and she every time I, she's like do you wanna and then she screams the word beer just like him so it's little things like that but that was uh that's an aside yeah it was it was such a good experience and i would pay to see it again i would go to vegas to see them play against colorado rather than go to colorado to see it because one it's way too expensive in colorado holy crap it's impossible for me to get there and i've been trying for like 10 years um and two, it's everything else afterwards. Everything is an experience, and you spend money in that city afterwards. It's and the same thing with is, it's the same want. thing with uh, Nashville. A buddy who just got back, yeah. and he was down on uh, Broadway. Yeah, it's called Broadway. Yes, no, yes, I don't remember. But he's like, the arena's right there, the football yep. stadium's right there. It's crazy. He was like, it was a random Tuesday afternoon. And you would think, based on the people out there drinking and partying, that it was like a Friday night. So yeah. the NHL is going to expand more. There's clearly the appetite for it. And, I mean, expansion teams have shown they're they're going to be good when they come in. Not everybody's going to be mm. Vegas Cup Final first year, but, I mean. There's more and more people starting to play hockey, and there's more and more good players that are starting to play hockey. They need a place to play hockey. Yep. And that's that's a reality. And I know that not everybody can be pro, but there should be room for more people to be pro in the NHL level. They can go overseas, but a lot of North American players want to play near home. They don't want to play in, you know, Czech. Nothing against it, but they want to play near their family. On that note, not to cut us off there, uh, we're gonna we're gonna end the podcast one a little longer than we thought, but that's all right. Uh, anything yeah. you want to add, Pat, before we? Uh end this episode why are you saying it with that smile what are you saying are you saying i should be lifting up my hat to show what i've done to myself <laughs> yeah. um so i'm not gonna name names they're going to announce it on their own time um but a person that's very close to me a family member of mine is uh going through cancer and uh myself uh i said that i would shave my head in solidarity during uh solidarity during their chemo and they have begun the process so I am now, for the first time in 20 years, I thought about it, it's been 20 years, I have shaved my head. I went down very, very short. I'm still unsure on how I feel as, about how hey, look. As I said to you, the <laughs> second you sent me a picture, I was like, that suits you. Yeah. It, so, I mean, I some people, so, some people don't look good normal. with short hair, honestly. And you, you don't have a wonky shaped head, Pat. That's like step one. Yeah, no, I know. I Thankfully, I used to do this all the time when I was a kid, but uh, 
No, I uh, I know this is what it's going to look like, probably. It's voluntarily or not, you know, it's going to look like this at some point. So I might as well get used to it. Uh, but yes, so uh, screw cancer. It sucks. Um, I think I think that's no matter who you are. I think everybody can agree. Yep. Cancer sucks. Yes, so, it does. Yeah. Um, just in general, you know, my usual sign off. So keep your family close and hug all your loved ones and all that jazz and enjoy the Stanley Cup semifinals. What the hell? Yeah. When did that happen? Right? That's crazy. But yeah. Well, happy, happy, happy long weekend, all our Canadian friends. Hooray. Yeah, I'm off next week. Woo! Vacation! Woo! I leave to go camping in like 12 hours. Yay! Ooh. Okay. On that note, bye! Bye!